This content is intended for adult cigar smokers age 21 and older. All right, Nick, good show. <laughs> okay. Uh, Greg's leaving to go take advantage of our brand new coupon code. Type in Long Ash all day Friday and Saturday, and you will receive 20% off your entire purchase. Some exclusions apply, but other than that, 20% off your entire purchase all day Friday and Saturday when you use the coupon code Long Ash. Nick, did you know I just got 20% off? Yes. So here we are, this episode, whatever, it's what, 20? Yeah, I think so. We're around there. Of Long Ash Podcast, this is Nick Libretti, as always. Unfortunately, here I am. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about me for a second no. there. It's like, oh, and here's... And then there's unfo- this ass. And here's, unfortunately, Greg Waters. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, but both of us. Well, yeah, yeah. And we have, of course, Greg Waters here with us as well. Um, and a... I'm... I'm getting there. You're, you're very dramatic today. I, I like to build suspense. All right, build it. We have a very special guest with us today. Uh, you might recognize him from some of the great videos he's made f- with us. We've done some some awesome interviews, and he has one of these works for a company that had one of the most talked about cigars at this year's trade show. Would you agree, Greg? I would. Mm, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so today we have Jamie, full name Jamie Estrada Flores. Flora is a strong Oh, man. You so got to work on your last names, man. I don't even you, know mine. It's just like the guy from Avante, Taylor. What's your name? Harrison. Well, I'm, I'm trying to keep it simple, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not rolling the, the R's and I'm not Jaime. doing the Z's. Jaime Flores. Jaime, Jaime. Well, when you put in the Castilian Spanish, because oh. I'm, I'm Spanish from Spain, right? It makes sense. Okay. It's more of a Flores, Flores Estrada. Yeah. Yeah. That's like all, all my uh, friends who like did a year abroad, and they all come back, oh, yeah, I was in Barcelona. I'm like, oh, <laughs> were you, Jeff? <laughs> were you? Um, Jamie, thank you so much for being here. Jamie, as yeah, many of you. Me. Oh, of course. Oh, it's a pleasure. We, we love having you. you know, you're, you're, you're great for this kind of stuff because you have a very good presence. You're very knowledgeable, and we don't have to, we don't have to like irk to get too much out of you. You're, you're very open with information, which is great. It makes our job a lot easier. Um, for those of you who don't know, and that's a shame that you, if you don't, uh, Jamie works for... Royal Royal Agio, yep. Um, makers tiring. of one of my favorite premium boutique cigars right now, uh, which is Balmoral, but also long history with the uh, Winterman family going back many many years. And he's gonna, uh, of course, get into all that. But I usually we talk a little bit and then we light up. But like I have no patience because I really want to smoke this. Like well, a lot. so why don't we just go right We're into the go cigar, right into cigar, and then we'll go in a little background. Yeah. That's you know, a little like back we're and gonna forth. We're going like to memento this. Yes. So we're going to start at the end. So thanks to the guys. It was a great show. Make sure uh, you yes. use a coupon. <laughs> um, so today we are going to be enjoying the brand new, uh, this, this, I'm going to say this is the second in a collaboration series that you guys have done. It is. So this is the Balmoral Paso Doble. That's right. Part of the Serie Signaturas collaboration platform. Exactly right. His accent is great. It's on point. Oh my God. It's on point. I wish I had that. It's it's be- I can't, I can't, I can't it's like speak. so classy. It is. Imagine Felix trying to say it. Yeah, no. <laughs> the problem with Felix is he learned half English and then half Spanish in Puerto Rico. <laughs> they were like they were learning one and, whole. And of found out one. about a hammock, and he's yeah, like, and I, I don't yeah. even. Yeah, he's got to talk. a hammock, Xbox, and Pepsi, and he's just set. Um, so <laughs> the first one you did, which was the Duetto, which is another one of my favorites, included mm-hmm. in uh, last week's top five for top five I white saw that. after Thank you very much, by the way. Oh, of course, that was an easy one when we were doing. Yeah. We needed. High class cigars with a white label, and I'm like, the first two that came to mind were obviously Monte Cristo White, and I'm like, oh, we gotta put the Duetto in here. We gotta put that Balmoral, get that Balmoral hitter in there. 
And then, so tell us a little bit about the series as a whole and yeah. then this specific cigar. Absolutely. So to your point, so last year we uh, we released the first first blend under the series, right? Which for Balmoral's, you guys know, just to take a step backward for a second, you've got the Añejo XO mm -hmm. series, which is where Balmoral started essentially. Um, we've got four blends under that, which at some point we'll come back to. And then we've got the signature series, translated signature series, or City of Signaturas under Balmoral, which really created another platform for Boris Winterman to discover and create. Right. Or as you guys know, his philosophy, it's curious blending. It's let's see what we can really do. The collaboration platform allows him to work with some key strategic partners to say, hey, listen, taking two very different blending philosophies or signatures, mm -hmm. let's go create something a little bit more unique and even more special. Right. So last year was the first release with the Balmoral City of Signaturas Dueto, which, as you guys know very well, it was the release collaboration with Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Uh, legend, enough oh, said. Enough said. Um, so we were extremely honored to work with him, and I know Boris and, and uh, Ernesto had a great time putting that cigar together. It, that must, was, be, it must be a lot of fun when like two guys like that kind of get come together for a project. It must be a it must be a hoot. It is because you know well, well there's the unknown aspect of it. Right. All right. So first of all, you're working with legends in the industry. Whether you're talking about Ernesto or or this one, the the Pasodoble, which we'll get into a second, in a second. But you never really quite know where it's going to go. Right. I guess what part of what intrigues Boris so much is this whole discovery element on this is now I'm working with a whole different entity, a right. different master blender out there who's got his own philosophy, his own way of looking at things. And if you start to combine these, it's like well, where's that intersection going to end up? And right. usually it's going to end up somewhere pretty unique and special. But the whole, the whole process for getting there is so exploratory and unique. And it takes some twists and turns, goes away, right. comes back, heads in a totally different direction. Um, so to end up with something as special as I think these two blends are, um, you know, we're, we're very proud of kind of where we ended up. So I want to say that even for uh, a slightly thicker Toro, that looks nice. This is so nice. That looks really nice. The, the wrapper hardly a blemish on it. And like I said, you know, we're, my palette evolves, but as do my size preferences. I mean, there was years where I was doing six by sixties. Then I was doing a lot of Lanceros. Recently I've been getting into like a thinner Toro, like, like a six by 46. But yeah. that, I'm gonna say that's a 54, 52, 54? You're good, it's 54. 54? Yeah, so this is a six and a quarter by 54 that, I think I think that's what does. I think honestly, this might sound stupid, but that extra quarter of an inch six and a quarter it just it make it spreads it out a little bit so right. imagine you know if you're six foot 250 pounds imagine if you're six foot two to like an, right. it just gives it a, a little it just stretches it out a little bit more which which i like so you're able to have a lot of that tobacco in there a lot of that filler but you're not compromising anything else that really looks stunning so as i light this up because i can't even wait anymore can yeah. you tell us a little bit about so you, you talked about the general process with the entire series why don't you give us a little bit of background on this specific one the pasadoba you bet so to your point so this was a second release under the balmoral city of signaturas platform called pasadoble this was the collaboration between boris winterman's uh, as you guys know fourth generation ceo at, at uh, royal agio cigars uh and a collaboration between he and lito gomez which you, you may have you may have heard of. Sure. Oh, yeah, of course. So he's been around again, and you know, another cigar aficionado, Hall of Famer, legend uh, in his own right, working very, very unique blends on his side. And um, again, to work with with him under this collaboration series as a second release is, you know, it's kind of if you if you love cigars, it's a dream come true. Right. Oh, I can right. Imagine. So this is going to be a little bit different than the other one. So the the duetto is. The way I describe it, so it's a Nicaraguan puro for the most part, but then it has some of our exclusive stock cut Brazilian Mata Norte in the filler, 
right? So they worked together on the blend, which Nicaraguan tobaccos were they going to use. The use of the Mata Norte helps bring a whole different dynamic. So when you say exclusive, so that's like, like, is it a Winterman family like farm or you have an exclusive deal with, with the farmers in that region? Like, hey, this is just kind of for us. How does that work? It's not technically an exclusive arrangement, but we buy, from what I understand, about 98% of the tobacco oh, wow. on this small farm. Right, so it's it's pretty exclusive, you know, when you think about it, signature, and we have it throughout all the Balmoral cigars at this point, so it has become a bit of a signature mark when you think about yeah. our blends, right? And most people will pick out some of that Brazilian. You know there's, it's no secret, there's been a long time love affair with Brazilian tobacco within the Agio family, Winters, Winterman's family. I, and I find that even more fascinating than how you guys have it spread out uh, amongst a lot of your lines, yet there's... <clears throat> There's a signature character to each cigar that you can kind of, you know, if they were, if it was a blind smoke, you can kind of like this. This tastes like a Balmoral, but their profiles are different. It, it doesn't become mundane like with some guys when like, all right, this this has to be, you know, from Frank. I did definitely Frank made this one. It's the same thing. So there's a there's an interesting quality that makes them distinct among other cigars, but also different amongst themselves, which I, I find fascinating yeah it's no really cool you're right and, it, and when i say signature it brings a signature taste to it it's really it's a, it's a bit of I, th I think it'll work here i think it's just getting a little hot um but at the end of the day it brings an uh, almost an accent signature to all the cigars so regardless of whether we're talking about uh, a mild to medium Connecticut, more complex Connecticut, like the Añejo XO Connecticut, which I know you guys are big fans, or mm -hmm. you're talking about, this is probably, the Paso Doble is probably the fuller flavor, you guys will tell me if you agree, of the line of Balmoral cigars up until this point. But that Brazilian Mata Norte, what it does is it, help rounds, it helps round out the rest of the blend right. in a way that is really nicely balanced because you get all the complexity, you get all the sophistication out of these tobacco blends, but then you get this underlying sweetness uh, it just helps bring it home in a way that s makes it smooth uh, at the same time as, as complex, which I've is a always, bit unique. I've always thought that I, some form of underlying sweetness is always necessary in any blend, whether you have something with a broad leaf where you're going for a more rich, sweet thing, or if you're going with something spicy. Because if, if a cigar is just overly spicy and there's no other kind of nuance to it, I feel like an underlying sweetness like that, as you said, will always balance out a blend. So, I, with the exception of an infused cigar, yeah. I have you ever smoked a cigar that was just like, oh, this is just too sweet without no. it being infused? No. no, absolutely not. But you've had cigars that, like, this is way too spicy, this is right. way too much spice or pepper going on in here. Yep. But that underlying sweetness that you said, it really can help round out a variety of different blends, which makes it a really versatile and useful kind of tobacco. And that's an important point, right? It's very different. It does not define the cigars. It just helps bring a character that's that's noticeable, a bit signature to all of them in terms of rounding the blends out. Think of it like right. like Van Gogh. You can always tell a Van Gogh, but would you ever call any of Van Gogh's paintings like, oh, it's just the same thing over and over again? No, there's differences among them all, but there's a signature style that they're done in, right. which contributes to its quality, you know, how it looks, how it feels. That makes them, like I said, you can tell what it is without it becoming boring or just the same old thing. Um, and I think that goes doubly for how you're handling this this series because now you're you're really going outside the box with working with other manufacturers. So going yeah. to the Pasa Doble, so yeah. can you tell me like how how it started with Lido? Because I imagine I met Lido a few times, very knowledgeable, very wise. Um, but I can imagine he's I don't know a little tough, like, you know, like very kind of like a, like a Mozart when it comes to blending. You yeah, what's well, I mean? it's putting two artists in the room at the same time. Yeah. Right, which you can imagine the dialogue back and forth. Now, clearly, I, I wasn't in the room for, for most of it. But the way this really started is, uh, and the relationship's not new. So right. 
I want to say uh, it was actually last year around this time, um, Royal Wagyu Cigars in Europe began distributing La Flor Dominicana cigars. Oh wow! So yeah, yeah so they've known each other for years, but yeah. th- th- clearly the relationship is going to strengthen in that in that scenario. How's the European market for a cigar like La Flor Dominicana? Because I feel like that's a little stronger than what they're used to over there. Yes, it, it is, especially when you think about a very Cuban-dominated part of the yeah. world. But when you think about the last probably five to seven years in particular. Uh, the consumer profile, the t- taste of preference is evolving. So you do have consumers are becoming more and more, more open to different taste profiles, which is opening a space and allowing room for Nicaraguan cigars right. to flourish a bit more, Dominican, Honduran, you name it. Um, so there's, there's a much broader interest in cigars that are, uh, that are blended and produced in other countries, which, which is good. It's still slow coming, and it really depends on the market. Um, but at the end of the day, the Flo Dominicana is actually doing quite well from what I understand so far in Europe. I think they're also starting to realize the European market um, that, all right, so we'll, we'll call a spade a spade here. You've spoke to humans before. I have, I don't know if, I'll, 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 I'll give you a few to try out. Right. Um, they are very good. It's the soil there. I don't know what, what the magic in the soil. However, when it comes to consistency, they're just not... Anywhere near, I'm talking about not even a, a, a super limited run, like or you know the same roller. I'm talking about any kind of you know your your average AUSA cigar that they make in ten thousand of. The consistency among things coming out of the DR Nicaragua, a little bit of Honduras, but mostly Nicaragua and the DR is just from what I see far superior to the consistency you get out of Cubans. So in a in a box of Balmorals, let's say box of twenty. I would be shocked if one in there had a stem or, or was plugged. I would be shocked. Box of Cuban Cohibas, people in Europe, four or five in there are plugged. They, they just cost of doing business over there. It's just the consistency over there. So I think by getting them more access to cigars that we have over here, Lito Gomez, Balmoral, Fuente, Perdomo, whoever, I think they're starting to realize that not only is it a less, I mean, I, I, price-wise, I'm not sure about because I know there's ta- crazy taxes over there, but in terms of flavor, consistency, and, and everything else. I think it's also a thing where they're they're so used to having Cubans that they probably want to try more of what we have in the U.S. market. Right. Just like how we want to always have Cubans, you know, they don't have the type of product that U.S. is getting as they have over there. Now, so There's a few companies that are really making a push the past couple of years. I know Perdomo is big. In Europe, I know Roma Craft is big in Europe. Um, as he said, they've, they've started distributing uh, La Florida Minicana over the past couple of years. Is the Bal- the Balmoral brands are also available in Europe? Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, there, as you know, I, the company has a long-standing history in Europe. Yeah, that's why I was on the order showing that they were. Yeah, so so distribution is actually relatively um, well. It's, it's quite good, and in terms of new product releases. I mean, you're you're in a good bit. At least the important stores or important brick and mortar right. cigar shops in Europe pretty quickly. How uh, did you go? What's the uh, the German? Uh, uh, what's it? Intertabac or whatever the Intertabac. Yeah, yeah, it's actually coming up uh, the end of next week. Have you you've been to one before? I've been to several. How are they? Several. You guys have never been. No. There's, it's, there's, uh, the, the unfortunate thing is there's no reason for us to go other than like it'd be kind of cool to film until right? there is. But. Until there is. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a, it's an interesting show. It's different than IPCPR in the sense that it's a uh, it's a broader category show. So it actually reminds me the closest thing in the U.S. to uh, Inter Tabac, I would say, is TPE. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's almost. Like, have you guys been to TPE? I, I have. We our our product merchants have gone to TPE before. Okay. So we know, yeah, it's, it's more overall smoking products. Multi category yeah. right. from accessories to hookah to vape. 
right? Premium cigars are a big part of it, but right. not, not the only part of it. You've got premium small cigars right. that are present. And um, now I think, uh, I think And you've marijuana, got the Cubans representative think, as well. That okay. makes it unique. Oh, and and uh, not a TP. It's a tobacco. Yeah, because I, I know that TP this year, in the past couple of years, uh, marijuana has become like a big big thing with it too. Right. Um, Inter tobacco, like that would be a really cool show to go to just because, well, first of all, you know, everyone knows the issues we've had with IPCPR over here past couple of years, specifically the past few months, right. but just to see how they handle it, if, you know, the, the cigar culture in Europe. I mean, after the U.S., I want to say Germany, France, and England are the next big cigar-smoking countries. I would be fascinated to see how they run a show like that, how guys like you or Alito are received by the public. Are they as into it as us? Are there fanboys? Are there cigar nerds out there? It, it's it's a really cool concept that I would like to, like to see sometime. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's it's a unique enough dynamic that you guys yeah. you should definitely go. What uh, what are some of your bigger products in Europe out of the out of the Royal Agio as a whole, but specifically the the Balmoral lines, are the ones that are really moving, you know, a little more than others. Yeah, well, look over there. Um, interestingly enough, so a lot of the way that we've been laying out the strategy and the releases of the new handmade cigars is we've been releasing them in the states first. So the states is really the priority. Uh, when it comes to handmade, which is a little bit different than traditional Agio, right? Which is yeah. where you have the premium cigarillo, small cigar side, where they're they're dominant. I mean, they're right. typically number one, number two player throughout right. Europe, but that's a much bigger category there, a very established category in terms of consumer preference. For Balmorals, um, I'll tell you, just because of that, they're a little bit delayed versus the U.S. in terms of increasing the size of the portfolio, broadening right. it with new releases like Connecticut and Oscuro, which they released at Interdebac last year. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, not to be a spoiler, but it's a week and a half out, uh, Duetto will be released oh, nice. in Europe, which I know what's interesting is, thanks to social media and everything else, as soon as that stuff starts going up in the States, and this is good news for Balmoral there as well, you've got retailers clamoring for... Oh, yeah. You know, talk, you're like, hey, when are we getting the Connecticut? Where's the Oscuro? I read about the Paso Doble. When are we getting that released in, in Europe? Um, but it's helping them grow their franchise there as it is here. And I think it's because just the general nature of these cigars, when you think about the unique quality of the blends, right? We talked about using the top 5% of tobaccos, that intersection of sophisticated complexity and smoothness with the 8 to 10-year average uh, aging on the tobaccos. It's a very special cigar oh, in terms of quality and taste profile and regardless of whether you're a cigar smoker in Europe or in the US, I think you pick up on that. We get a lot of people coming back to us after they've tried Balmoral. Right, and you, you appreciate quality wherever you are. But yeah. uh, to your point, I think you're absolutely right in terms of social media. I mean, I get every every top five video or, or picture we put up, we get people messaging. Big from Scotland, it's a big fan. Yeah, we get yeah. messages. Right, so it's a global yeah. social media yeah. platform now. I, yeah. I, I get at least two messages a day asking if we ship to either the UK, Germany, or France. Yeah. Like, hey, you ship to the UK. And I'm like, no, man, I'll come out there and hang out with you, but unfortunately, I'm not going to sell you anything. That's right. Maybe they'll flight to enter to Bach, potentially. Uh, we we'll pitch a presentation right. to our YouTube viewers. <laughs> we should. Uh, we should. Little reciprocation, you know? Think about it. If we got a dollar for each subscriber. how much schnitzel I would eat. So much. Oh my! I would just be drunk and full the whole time. <laughs> happy though. Oh yeah. Oh, I'll happy. be like, I'll be. That's the only difference. Yeah. You'll be happier. Yeah, I'll be happier than, <laughs> than when I eat schnitzel here. and drink over here. <laughs> uh, so, I, w- I want to talk about this um, quickly because I want to definitely talk more about the portfolio, more about your cigars and the history of your company. But yeah, um, IPCPR this year. What were your thoughts, if you could, and be you know, as honest as you're allowed to be. And then the decision, what was it, two or three weeks ago, what are your thoughts on that as well? Because we, 
at the show, we got mixed reviews, but now it seems like no one was on board for it. So I'm just kind of kind of gauging everyone like about what, what, what they think happened and what they think the best course of action is next. Yeah, we're talking about Cigar Con. Yeah. Yeah. Cigar Gone. That's the Cigar Gone at this point. Yeah. Uh, look, the perspective I'm going to give you is it's my personal perspective. It's not the company's perspective, yeah. clearly. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, first and foremost, I'm a huge proponent of getting in front of consumers of with product, yeah. right? Any chance we get, we're, we, if we could be at every single consumer event in the country, we'd be there. Um, when it comes to IPCPR, I think, I think it's, a cha- it's a challenging proposition uh, in the sense of talk, you're talking about the largest, uh, probably most, most elaborate handmade show in the country, mm-hmm. right? So as a manufacturer, you go in and all eyes are on new releases, Right, all hands on deck to make sure that everybody's got the right deals, that you've got the best presentation possible, uh, how are you gonna engage your best customers, how are you gonna engage new customers. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. For example, we do, we put on a, a unique Balmoral we call um, lounge. I don't know if you guys were able to join us this year we, at the we, Balmoral unfortunately, we weren't. Hospitality we were, Lounge. Yeah, we were, We in order for us to go this year, we had to like maximize, I remember it was we funny, we, we met um, our friend uh, Rob, who does the videos for Bovida. Yeah. And they, I don't know if you saw Bovitas, but they had this big, like, filming thing set up with, like, loud couches and mm-hmm. lights. And we saw him on, like, the last day. And he's like, man, I've been busy. How about you guys? And I'm like, yeah, we've been doing a lot of filming. He's like, yeah, I think I did four or five videos this week. And we're like, we did, what, 30, 32? 32. 32? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of them in our booth, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. So, yeah, we were, just, we were just balls to the wall. We didn't have... I think we smoked. I think we were able to sit down and have a cigar a total of like three times, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Even even when we did get to sit down after dinner, we're like, uh, we don't yeah, we didn't go out. We, we were just want, we were we didn't we didn't want to. No, <laughs> you, you guys know it's a it's a five thirty six a.m. to yep. one two in the morning, yep. Yep. right? From from trade show to entertaining to yep. even just catching up with your with your partners in the industry. Well, that's the tough part you guys have is after this, you have to go out and like entertain these people. Yeah. I, I, but, but here's the interesting thing, right? We, we absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. We love it. It's exhausting, but we love it. And, uh, and we wouldn't give it up for anything. The challenge when, when you add a consumer day, whether it's on the front end or back end, you, you're, you're taxing again now, right. sort of all the manufacturers uh, who've been there for the week. You know, if you do it on the front end, it's like it's a whole additional day. Um, and it's a little bit of a different animal. Right. right now you're handing out cigars. You're talking about cigars. I mean, I can tell you when, whenever we travel and do an all-day event on a Saturday, wherever it might be, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you're you're, you're toast. Yeah. Right. You're talking about your cigar all day. You're going through what makes it unique. You're talking to. Them, uh, you're trying to learn more about the, the consumer because you know it's all about relationship building. Sure. You know, you're not selling um, Tic Tacs here. I mean, it's right. talking about a cigar, and people want to know. Right. The guys who are into cigars, they, they want to know. know all they want to know the story. We love telling the story. But when you add one, it seems like, ah, but you're adding a day. But when you add one day onto three or four, uh, in addition, all the pre-planning and prep right. and everything goes, you're talking about adding a day onto a couple months yep. worth of uh, pretty hard work. And I think it becomes challenging yeah, and for, also for you, a when, lot of companies. When you've exhausted, you know, after the first day of like, all right, I've, I've told this story, you know, 30 times already. Well, tomorrow, not only you have to tell it, but you got to tell it to the retailers who were really the point of the show. We got to like, get these guys involved. Like, yeah, obviously you need the customers yeah. involved, but it's a, it's a retailer show. I'd say there's another aspect to the, to the consumer event, at least I had concerns about, which is the folks who are going to show up to an event like that, right, are going to be folks coming in with some pretty high expectations. I think yeah. they're going to be more involved cigar consumers, right, or aficionados, right. true aficionados. Mm-hmm. They come in, they've read the press releases, 
right? So let's use Pasadola as an example, right? So we had barely enough samples to provide to the trade. Right. So now, just lay this scenario out for a second. I get consumers that come in, call it, what were they talking about, a couple thousand? Uh, right. Their yeah. goal right? was, I think, 4,000. Okay, let's, let's even cut that in half. Let's say it was 2,000 show up. Uh, 4,000 would make it even, even more uh, onerous. 2,000 people show up. They're coming, and what cigar do you think they're looking for? when they show up at my They're birthday. looking for the new one. That, that, that was a big problem. They're looking that, for the new one. Yeah. They're looking for the Paso Doba. They're looking for the Balmore on Yehoixo Nicaragua, right. right? Of which I have only enough production because of the timing and everything yeah. else um, to give to our trade partners. So now you've got this risk of consumer disappointment, which, yep. you know, for me, for any consumer product company, especially one where you take so much, so, so artisanal and so involved, and yeah, this tremendous risk of disappointment, which is right, and then, the worst thing you could possibly. And then another thing too is if they'd never had any of your cigars before, and let's just say you you weren't able to give them anything, or it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, and they're not even going to try the rest of them. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, you don't have the new thing? No, right. we have the Balmoral like so. It's like one of our signatures. Right. No, like I want the new thing. I want this thing that's in this magazine. So coming back to yeah, I'm off. You my you, you 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 got to get it out of out of you before we go forward. I'm gonna be doing it. I'm gonna be doing it with every guest we have. Every every person. It just, it He's gonna just, be talking about the 2019 IPCPR in 2025. Um, I won't be alive in 2025 with the way I eat. <laughs> uh, so going back to the uh, to the cigar, what what's the blend on this? All right, so you're looking at a, an Ecuador Habano wrapper on the Paso Doble Ecuador Sumatra binder and Dominican and Brazilian fillers. Okay. Big surprise there, right, little Brazil? <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Well, I, honestly, when you were telling me the blend of the Duetto with the Nicaraguan, yeah. even guys like E.P. Cadillo are going to Nicaragua now, and he's been a fixture of the DR for 30, almost 40, no, for like 40 years. I think, he's, I think he started doing La Gloria Cubana in like early, early to mid-'80s in Miami using Dominican mm -hmm. tobacco. So it's just really cool that a lot of people are going to Nicaragua now, but... I, when your company's name is La Florida Dominicana, I don't imagine you're, no. you're venturing too much into Nicaragua. But this blend works out great. Um, honestly, not usually a fan of Ecuador and Sumatra, but it works well in this blend. It really is balanced out. The wrapper is stunning. Flavor-wise, it's great. Not too spicy, but you definitely have the essence of an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper in there with that good zest. Um, definitely getting a, a sweetness from that Brazilian. And then that nice kind of nutty, smooth core that you get with a good, a good Dominican cigar. Right. I'm trying to get him more on Dominicans. He's yeah. Been, he's um, been, oh, yeah um, you're, not, you're not anti, though, right? You're just no, not, I'm not anti. Just not a complete converter. Hate him. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Knock the boxes over. <laughs> uh, I just haven't had one that I really, truly enjoyed. That wowed him. Yeah. He's, he's had Nicaraguans that have wowed him. He has not had a Dominican. That's what, and I gave you an opus, but it was a weird situation. We were, yeah, that we, was, were that, we were like working as you were smoking. You also gave me the, the, gave the, the, uh, the 85 uh, Sungrown. That hurt me that you, that, yeah, you, that, that you weren't a fan. That, that hurt my soul. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> I wasn't, yeah. That I don't know. Was, I, it's just, this has, you know, the flavor that it's, you, I think it's the wrapper, which, because I don't, you know, I've been smoking so many and trying to keep up with all the wrappers and everything else. But I think within the wrapper, you're still getting that, you know, like you said, that nutty flavor, you know, not that earth and, and chocolate, like little hints of sweet. I guess that sweetness, which yeah, would be that chocolate kind, yeah. of, kind of comes through that kind of make it nice and level throughout with the Dominican, which is that. The, you know. the Dominican tobacco I always viewed. I mean, if you can pull off an Opus X where you can do 
filler binder wrapper, Dominican, God bless you. Right. Um, I always found it to be just a very good balancing tobacco where if you have something from maybe Yalapa or even something really strong like from Ometepe, adding some Dominican in there can just really kind of level out your, your blend a little bit, add a little bit of smoothness to it. Um, similar to how you guys are utilizing that Brazilian, like yeah. you know, it's just it's a good balancing tobacco. There's some tobaccos that you could really, really only use in one way. Dominican is is versatile. That's why you see Dominican in a lot of uh, blends. Even though it might, right. it might be a Nicaraguan cigar, they'll put some Dominican in there. Well, and I agree, and I, I do like that mixture on there. Um, I think that definitely helps out with the spice that you get from Nicaragua as well. This is really. I'm getting this a nice a nice light cocoa from this. So how's the smoke? You guys had. I would call it the younger versions of this cigar right. when you came to visit us at the booth at IPCPR. All right, so here we are, what, three months later? I'm, I'm remembering it being good, but I think, and I, and I might have said this about a few cigars that, that week, and it just, it just happens. It's a mixture of, you know, you got to get your cigars to the show, and not to be snooty or whatever, but I'm, my palate's a little it's more snooty. experienced now than it used to be. Sure. Where I'm pretty sure, I, and I said it for the Law Coalition, too, from Crown Heads, I'm like, this is gonna be like this. Seems like another month or so. I'm like this is this is right there, and then it's gonna it's gonna hit. You know, it's not gonna be the best. You know, obviously any cigar, the more age you put on it, you know, depending, uh, it gets better. But then there's there's that kind of like platform you know, that that where it hits like oh that's it that's the money time right there. When I smoked the pasta doble, I remember saying I'm like like another month or two, and like this is there, yeah. like just like a lit like a tiny bit more, right. and then I, uh, I was right. So. There you go. There you go. There you You're go. You're so right. I'm such yeah. a You're always right. <laughs> I'm with you 100%. When we first got these in for the show, of course, we couldn't couldn't help ourselves. We couldn't wait a second. And when we lit them up, it's funny because we just had a group at the at the office that lit them up and we're kind of just to ourselves a bit. And after about five minutes, we just kind of looked at each other. It's like, this is this is going to be pretty special. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And understanding that it's young, understanding still the flavors have to have to come out. It's got it needs a little, little bit more aging. Uh, you got the travel aspect on top of that as well. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't be more excited about this blend, to be honest. And, and how long did it take to develop this? Like from, yeah, from, from, start, from like to start to finish. And like, how did it come about? Like, did Boris go to Toledo? It was, the, you know, they because they're friends. Yeah, no, for sorry. A while. So let's come back to that question, right? Because right? because we, we kind of got a little bit off topic. That's my strangely, fault. strangely, because you guys the are typically. The only problem I have with it is <laughs> you guys are typically very linear in your in your oh, dialogue. Yeah, that's why we have a nice way of doing it. it just we have your cigars on a sheet. And the that's why says here. Blind. Make sure to come back to Paso Doble yeah. blend. Yeah. We're, like, get off track. we're like Christopher Nolan on cocaine. We're just all over the place. It's like Memento. We don't even know what's going on. Yeah. No, I would say I would say probably about the full year. Full year. I mean, just since when they started talking in the relationship and the, dis- the distribution relationship you got this in together Europe. in a, in one year. Well, that's impressive. It that's is really impre- impressive. It is impressive. But when you also think about who you're talking, oh, yeah, I mean, about, yeah, you think about who you're true. talking about, it's not like you have a couple of guys that go and you need to that go need to figure out how certain tobaccos right. are going to work together. You know, it's almost like immediately you've got kind of a subset of tobaccos and blend ideas that start to come to the table. So, right. the first blending session these guys had together, I wasn't there unfortunately, but it was at La Flor Dominicana, their factory in uh, in Santiago. And it was Larry Bohr showed up with his best tobaccos on the table, right? Lito, same thing. Lito and Tony were both there, tobaccos on the table. They had some preconceived notions of what tobaccos they could pull together for this thing. And of course, of course you've got Lito's uh, tobaccos from the farm mm-hmm. there as well, which are special and unique in, all, in and of themselves. And they started to, to go to work. So was this, so did, did Boris go into this as like a, 
Um, I want to do a project with Lido. Let's see what tobaccos we can, you know, kind of bring to the table and to see what kind of blend we get. Or was it, this is what I want the cigar to taste like yeah. off the bat. What do you got? Come on, what, so how did that, do you know how Great that? Great question. Yeah. Not at all. Okay. So it was literally, <laughs> you have, and this is why the name just, just keeps coming back to, to mind, right? So it's, it's these two signatures. So it's like, all right, you've got the way Boris loves to blend. All right, we always talk about this sophisticated complexity and smoothness and balance. And then you've got over here in this case, you've got Lito with his their full bodied opulence, right? Oh right? My God, they are. Which is truly, they're opulent, his cigars. And it's okay, so where, again, where, where's this intersection, right? Depending on what, what tobaccos, right? So I'm sure Lito had something in mind at the time. I'm sure Boris, like, wow, well, I wanna make sure we incorporate some of this. And it was, it's a, it's a, it's a smoking process. Right, so you go through right. multiple, multiple, multiple rounds of blends, and then whatever they come up with as, this is it, we've got it, that's the end result. That's what makes it so artistic and so beautiful. I think it's, it was a good decision, though, because um, with the exception of Ricky Rodriguez, who's a dear friend, I want to say that Lito Gomez might be one of the more prolific people in terms of his use of Brazilian tobacco. Um, I, once, I once smoked, I almost smoked it once, because to this day, I think I've smoked stronger things since then, but I was become more acclimated to them. I should probably try one again. I had one of the um, Florida Minicana, the Chapter Ones, and it was this big. So you know the chisel I've shown you the chisel. Yeah, yeah. It was a thicker box pressed chisel, like this big, maybe like a 56, 58 ring gauge in a big chisel, and it used a I believe it was a Brazilian, like a dark Brazilian wrapper, and that thing knocked me out. You know, I was younger, maybe it was like seven years ago. It's okay. You're allowed to be. his use of Brazilian tobacco is extraordinary. And, right. you know, it's, I'm not saying it's a difficult tobacco to use, but how often do you see it? Right. You don't see it that, that often. It's becoming more prevalent now because of successes like what you guys use, because of, you know, the, the CAO Brasilia, because of uh, Lito Gomez. Uh, but he is one of the true masters of using it, so it's a smart idea having this kind of signature Brazilian tobacco that you guys have, taking it to a guy who knows how to work with Brazilian tobacco. Because it's not, like I said, I'm not saying it's the most difficult, but it takes a little bit of a finer hand than just some, just here's some Corojo and some Dominican, you know, whatever. That's a fair point. It takes a little bit more yeah. of a technique to, uh, to do. I, I, I got a on. stupid question. There's no such thing as stupid questions, only stupid answers. Right. So Brazilian to tobacco. <laughs> I don't know. Who are you, you going to ask? Yes, Chris? Chris, you ready? <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> where, where am I? <laughs> Who am I? Still got his um, fantasy team. <laughs> He's got a big game this week. Yeah. Who you decided between? Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> so Brazilian tobacco. How's it received for you guys for blending? Like, how is it? Is it grown in Brazil and then shipped over? Is it? How's it? How's that get? form to make like just making normal cigars like so is it fully grown fermented everything and then shipped over Uh, or is it well we typically do a lot of fermenting at at our factory in the dr right but it's no different than than how you would purchase tobacco from the dr from honduras or maybe that's a question for all tobaccos then because i don't you know i think think what you mean is you're more talking about like like places like ecuador like where the factory is not there like so like, like do they grow it and do everything there and then they ship the final product and then you guys use it or do they basically pluck it and then send it to you to then utilize like, it? Yeah, so it's graded and all that. And yeah. We ferment it typically in-house. Okay. Uh, but, but a little bit broader answer to your question, 
is in terms of how we do it, it's, it's, it's important to understand is, again, back to the blending philosophy, from the beginning, uh, for all our tobaccos, is we don't, we don't basically commission any specific tobaccos to be grown. We don't grow our own tobacco, so we have none of our own tobacco fields. Right. So it gives us the, literally the freedom to go out and buy the absolute best tobaccos any given crop year anywhere around the world. Right. So that's, that's also a very important part of how we look at blending. Right? It helps maintain consistency over the years in terms of how much we buy of which crop, if some are a little bit better, or what have you, uh, which makes the artisanal process of blending not easier, right? But it helps make it a bit more consistent versus having to work with your own tobaccos. Because if you have a bad year, right, for example, and your cigars are going to be compromised somewhat as a result of that. Now, do you find a challenge in, let's say, so I know you have a relationship with these, this, uh, the growers in Brazil, but do you find a challenge sometimes where, you know, you've used it, you know, a couple years in a row, it's gotten like, you know, everyone kind of knows this tobacco now. Now, other people are trying to buy that kind of tobacco? Oh, it or? happens. It happens all the time. Yeah, I can imagine. It happens all the time. I mean, actually, when we started really expanding the portfolio beyond the classic Balmoral on Yeho XO, right, um, and started to get a little bit more notoriety. I mean, we're still boutique, make no mistake about it, but yeah. a little bit more notoriety getting our name out there we start receiving calls. So Francisco Batista, which you guys know well, our master blender mm-hmm. down in Dominican Republic at our factory in, um, in San Pedro de Macorís, he starts getting calls. Hey, where do we get some of that Brazilian Mata Norte, for example? Oh, wrong number. Right? Yeah, so, but, but yeah, it, it does happen. And right. I think that's just part of the nature of the industry, right? People are curious and they're different tobaccos. People want to work with different tobaccos. Uh, a lot of the blenders out there, they naturally just want to create. Right you know, something interesting. Well, it's it's easy to follow a trend, but it's tough to create the trend. And that's what you guys did. You were the first to really make this, a, a mar- I'm not gonna say marketable, but yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna use that word, a marketable tobacco. Like, hey, we use this in our blends, obviously from the accolades and the customer response, it's working. Um, and that's something you see now, you know, kind of, I'm not gonna say on the, on the downward trend, but in terms of running into trouble is what's happening with uh, Connecticut Broadleaf in that, you know, for years there was an excess of it. Not a lot of people were using it. It was mostly using machine-made cigars. I don't even know. Maybe Royal Agio and some of their machine-made or some of their cigarettes. With Connecticut Broadleaf? Yeah. I don't think so. If so, not much. Because I, I want to say I saw a number somewhere, maybe on Cigar Aficionado, like 70% of Broadleaf is used in machine-made or, or, or small-batch cigarillos. But then, like, Liga Pravada came out, and now they're, the ha- game. now they're having but now they're having a lot of trouble. And now there's I, there was another article the other day I read. A lot of guys are shifting their farms from Connecticut shade because Ecuador and Connecticut is just more reliable and a lot cheaper. They can grow it longer. Yep. Um, and they're making their farms mostly Connecticut broadleaf now. But now it's becoming a thing like, you know, that's my favorite kind of tobacco. But also, when you start ramming into the ground... What are you going to do? But the ability to create that trend like Drew did by using the Broadleaf, uh, you guys with this Brazilian, that's the spot you want to be in. Because now the next time when you pick another kind of different tobacco, people are like, oh, well, you know, they hit it on the nail with this Brazilian. Let's see what they got next. And it creates a really cool avenue, I think, for you guys. It does. It does. Look, look at its specific tobaccos as one avenue. I think from our perspective, the blending, because it is, it is so exploratory in nature, at least the approach. Oh, yeah. It's... Yeah, sure. You want to look for the next new tobaccos things, but it's not next new tobacco for the sake of new tobacco. Right. It's, it's not just like, oh, oh this is going to be trendy. It's, right. it's what works it's, best. It's what can what can this bring? What unique right. attributes can this bring to, to the premium cigar experience? It actually excites 
uh, and inspire cigar smokers. That's not always easy to do. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, it's not. a very mature industry if you really think about it. So, oh, how do yeah. you really generate some unique excitement for a new cigar? And I, I would say, I mean, I, obviously the Winterman family's been around for a while, but to your average premium cigar smoker, like I, I, they would even say, like Balmoral is is a newer kind of a, a dish. You know, like they don't know the history of, of the yeah. company, but I mean, you got to think of, even Drew is new. And they've been around since '98. They've been around almost 30, 30 years now. But when you when you're going up against Titans like you know AUSA and their brands, Fuente, it's a very tough industry. What I what I like about you guys is you stick to tobacco. I mean, you have your obviously your cool series, and I like the boxes and, and visually the the bands work. But you're not going to go do some crazy, silly thing in terms of because it's marketable. Like, no, if we just make a good cigar for a good price, make it unique, make it interesting, make it flavorful, make sure our construction's on point, it'll work. And I think it has worked. I mean, I saw your booth at our Smoking the Carolinas event. You guys were crazy that day. We were busy. Yeah. And, and that was like, that was I think nice. that was nice like a last event. minute thing, too. I think we, we it was only like a few weeks before. Literally. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Spot opened up, which we were happy about. Oh yeah, you yeah. guys and you guys. I remember I, I tried to go like get you on video a little bit, but you were just so busy. I'm like, good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Well, you know what's interesting about an event like that is it's a box only yeah. purchase event. So for more more boutique producer like ourselves, you kind of wonder, hey, you know, it's well, it's tell you you want to get you want to get people to try your cigars, and if someone doesn't know your cigar, it's hard to get them to to buy a box. Um, but surprisingly, I mean, we, we had a, we had a significant amount of box purchase for for our size at that event. And I think that speaks to, I mean, Grant, we, we, we always put one in the bag yeah. for the folks coming in. And that's kind of like, hey, make sure you try about more if you right. haven't had the opportunity to do so in the past. And we actually, a lot of the box purchasers were folks that happened to light up the Balmoral Cigar that day. And I think that speaks multitudes in terms of the experience they're getting to, from Balmoral. To smoke one cigar and then 20 minutes later commit to a box or several yeah, that's, boxes. That's a big... That's a big deal, especially with everybody yeah. else there. Yeah, and especially you, you, with with that you know, that kind just, of cigar smoker that yeah. are usually very traditional. They're yeah. usually very like this is my these are my brands right. that I've known and smoked. Well, to your point, the competition is formidable oh, to yeah. say the least, to say the well, least. But no, go on, no, I was just going to say, but the industry is unique. Like that. that's one one reason why I love it is because the people who are really in the industry, including the you know the big players like yourselves. Uh, and Altidus, all the way to E.P. Carrillos and everybody else, down to the most boutique, you know, your Matt Booths and everybody else. It's These people are in this industry because they love it. Right. Because they love it. And at the end of the day, everybody's talking to everybody, hey, what are you working on? What's new? What's interesting? And we all just want to deliver something that's really unique and special to the marketplace. And I've worked in different categories, and you just don't find this kind of camaraderie right. and traditionalism anywhere else. It's very right. unique. Yeah, hey, I can imagine Marlboro and, and Parliament aren't tight. <laughs> It's slightly less uh, involved yeah. or engaged, yeah. yeah I'm imagine. sure they don't care about their consumers as much as cigar smokers no, either. No. Yeah. Plus, yeah. you don't get a cigarette smoker and want to talk to, to you about your product for 15 would. minutes. I 15 seconds until they're done. And then they yeah, right. It's like, oh, what's the price? Yeah. <laughs> and so you have, you released one other cigar at IPCPR, right? We yeah. did. We did. The Balmore on your hook, so Nicaragua. I'm excited about that one, too. Yeah. I was flux between the two. Um, the smoke. Yeah. I'm very excited for that one, but I just just from the memory of smoking this at IPCPR and my anger that I had limited time and that that thought I had of like it's so it's like right there. This was this is what I was when I found out he was coming. I'm like this is what we're smoking. Well, and if I'm, he doesn't bring him, I'm not letting him on the show. Well, the reason why I'm also ex- <laughs> <laughs> the reason I had a box. There you go. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it would just been me and you. I would just sit there. It's like, like where's Nick? I don't think he's sick today. No, he's good. Yeah. 
Uh, the reason why I'm excited about the Nicaragua is because you actually, Balmoral, is the first Connecticut, not the first Connecticut I had, but was the first Connecticut that I actually really enjoyed that got me on the Connecticut rapper express train, I guess uh, I like to call it. Thanks for saying that, yeah. So that's why I'm excited because, you know, I never really had one that I really enjoyed until I had that one. So why don't you talk to us about the new uh, Nicaragua that just came out? Can yeah. I see the box? Sure. Absolutely. So, so this, uh, this showcase is a Nicaraguan Havano wrapper. Um, back to the Brazilian topic, we actually use a Brazilian Cubra binder Ooh. in this one, in addition to Dominican, Brazilian, and, and, uh, and, and Mata Norte, Dominican, and some Nicaraguan filler as well. So this is, again, no matter what blend we release, it's, it's our unique take on what we think a Nicaraguan cigar could be okay. and can be. That is... Oh, I love like the. Yeah, I, I told you. Now I gotta stay here late I told tonight. You. Smoke one of these. <laughs> I told you. You guys allowed to smoke those? Yeah, I gotta do a review for it. Yeah, we gotta do a review. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Corona is beautiful. Wow. It's a good looking cigar. That really is. That really is. Yeah, and, it, and it's. Tomorrow, sure. Okay. Or we can just extend this one. We would be here till. We could. Sure. Just could add another a, episode. Add another hour and a half. Shirts. It's like one of those we'll two B yeah. continues. We'll shirts. So, we'll you would, so you're wearing a blanket, I'm wearing a tank top. Yeah. I can wear your hat. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs> I'll sit there. Uh, well, I'll tell you, we would love to have you on again, but one, one of my goals is because, um, you know, I spoke with a lot of people at the trade show. I did a lot of interviews, people I've known for years. Um, but the interview I had with, um, with Boris he is such a fascinating man and i'm sitting there and i'm and i was ashamed of myself i'm like how do i not know more about you yeah. i'm sitting there i'm like i could tell you jonathan drew's shoe size i know when nick Melillo likes his lo- like you know all these things about these other guys i get all the you know this half wheel ink or they're on social, social media or i you know i've had him here before for an interview and as he was talking i was just like i need to know more like yeah. i, I want to make him big in the like i'm the company is big. I want to make Boris like. I want if he does an event, if he does some kind of event at a, at a sto- at one of our stores, I want it to sell out. I want people because he was so stoic. He knows what he's talking about, but he was personable too. I would absolutely love to have him on this podcast. Yeah. I would love it. Well, you and I have the same objective. Yeah. Um, what's unique about Boris is he's also CEO of, you know, one of the largest cigar manufacturers yeah. on the planet, right? So. Uh, in an industry where it's a bit unique, right? You get a lot of personalities who go out and they travel, they hit the roads, they hit the stores, mm-hmm. and it's an ideal scenario. It's an ideal scenario, but with Boris, it's tough because he's this, got a company to because run. he's got a company to run. Right. But at the same time, it's interesting because he takes the time to also go, you know, neck deep into all aspects of the handmade side, which oh, is yeah. really his baby. It's his passion. That's where the Balmoral brand was born for him. You you don't see that too often. I mean. You don't see that too often with a company that size. You know, when you have a, a small, you know, like, like a Roma Craft or I'm not going to call Fuente small, but they're not they're not like an AUSA size. But uh, when you have that family aspect, you know, usually on a smaller company, a Roma Craft, a Nick Melillo, a, a Steve Saka, yeah, the head of the company is the primary brain behind the different blends, and That's they're right. going and so, sorting the tobacco. For a company the size of Royal Agio and the whole kind of Winterman portfolio. I think it's amazing that the the main, not just like oh he's our VP of blends or whatever he's the CEO of the company and he is involved in those aspects and I feel like that's very 
inspiring and very important because when you have that, you're never going to have a cigar that was just made because. No. And that's how cigars, in my mind, suck, is when yeah. they're just made, oh, we, we need a Maduro on our lineup, just make a Maduro. Yeah. Well, there you go, right? So, so when you hear the word CEO yeah. in a premium handmade segment, right, or a category, they, it, it's, it's a strange word, right? Because it right. starts to make you think about, oh, so it's all strategy. Yeah. Hey, what are we missing? We're missing a Connecticut. Somebody go out and blend me a Connecticut, yeah. right? Let's have it for the show next year. But that's not how it works. Right. That's not how it works. I mean, he's he's as deep into it as the Espinosas and the, you know, the Ipicarrios and the Litos. Uh, but at the same time, he's CEO of a, a larger a larger organization, which right. is, to your point, still family-owned, fourth generation. Boris grew up with tobacco. Yeah. He's four generations in. You know, he lives, breathes tobacco. And the opportunity that he took on the handmade side is, again, it all sort of ties into our conversation before, but having access... Right, so one is you got you're buying the best premium tobaccos from around the world. You get access, right, with that kind of buying power for again, you know, a lot of the premium cigarillos. You get access to the best handmade tobaccos. You just do because the nature right. of the business. And he's like, we can do something very special with this access and create something very unique that's going to inspire consumers. You know, and cigar smokers are really looking for something special. Um, but you're right; it's a very unique situation with Boris to have him at the show for us is beyond a treat and like you said you, you could sit down with him for a beer anywhere can you get him here like can you we'll we'll, we'll arrange yeah. we're actually we're, we're i'll work on it for sure we're in the process of um pitching a new you know a new studio setup we have a few uh, ideas our new ceo is, is really on board for it. he likes what we do so he's you know he's going to give us a little a little bit of leeway to come up you know just something a little nicer a little more organized like some new furniture you know maybe some artwork um, but when it's like a, you know, I, I would love to have him as one of like the inaugural guests. That's you know, in, in the right now our studio is like a single guy apartment, <laughs> which works. Which works, you know, because you're a single well, guy. There's there's, yeah. an, there's an authenticity to that. You know, there's a little yeah. bit of a, a grunginess. You know. Yeah, it's very uh, it's very Pearl Jam. Yeah, uh, but we sure. want to we, we want to make it more Beethoven. <laughs> Um, but still authentic. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. But we would, like, I'll, you tell me, even if you get him in for a day, like, I would absolutely love to have him here because, and he even opened my mind. I mean, you had done this a little bit too in the, in the interviews that we've had. But when I was talking to him and when he, he was talking about the, 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 the small, like the cigarillo industry and, and, and that whole, and especially in the European market, and as stupid as it may sound, I had this idea, I'm like, yeah, this guy's right. Like, why? Why don't people like like they, they just feel it's like whatever because it's it's still good quality tobacco. And I, I I guess in my immaturity, I never really had that thought before that if you take whatever Balmoral Paso Doble tobacco and you wrap it, you make the irregular cigar, and then whatever leftover you have, you make into a Paso Doble mini. Same tobacco. There's no compromise in quality there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I just never had that kind of revelation before, and, and I started smoking cigarillos again. I never, I haven't really. No. And, and yeah, I mean, I did it when I was in the store, back when like I needed a quick cigar. Right. Nowadays, I like to take my time. But I think you know? that's that's the whole difference between a cigar and a cigarillo is that you know the cigar is that more traditional, relaxing time. You have more time for it, kind yeah. of thing. I don't know. That's, but it, no, but a cigarillo well, should be. Yeah. Right. It should be. But but here's a challenge with the U.S., which which you don't find in Europe. Right, which which is sort of the educational barrier. Not to digress into into a premium no, cigarillo conversation. But here in the here in the states, right, when you hear the word cigarillo, most people start thinking about three for ninety nine cents. Yeah. Right, and it's all the what we call race to the bottom type of product, where it's not good tobacco, 
It's overly flavored, partly because it's not good tobacco. And that just creates a whole different stigma for the right. entire segment. So when you ask a premium cigar smoker about a cigarillo, typically, you know, their mind's going to go to something like that. And they're saying, I'm not really interested. But essentially what it should be, Greg, and you brought up, which is exactly right. If I've got eight to 15 minutes, right, maybe 20, and I don't want to compromise a good cigar smoke, right. where do I go? Does that exist? And that's really, it's, it's part of our job now. It's just marketing, not just marketing our brands in that space, but it's also educating them on the segment in general. That these products right. actually exist. Cigarillos are the highest quality cigar tobacco. They're a perfect meeting cigar. Right. For our, uh, our British meetings we've been having. Yes. Where we always get out 20 minutes early. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they, they're, they're perfect for that. They are. I'm, I'm not the cigar smoker I was where like, you know, if it's 20 degrees, oh, I just need a cigar, even though I'm home, I was going to run out and smoke this in the cold weather. No, but there is still opportunity. Like I said, anytime we're in a meeting or even on our Fridays and we're just, you know, whatever, working on something in the, in the training room, they're a perfect cigar for that. So here's the follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Have you tried the Panther or Mahari's? The Panther, I was, that's, what I, that's how I first knew you guys. Because okay. I, was, I was smoking Panthers before we even had Balmora when I was working in the store. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I'm very familiar with them. Grab out to get you a tin. No, I'll get no. you one. Oh, no. We've got we've to work on you a little bit. Okay. Now, I need I a have, lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that's what JDB says. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, that's we, that's we my, my wife was in the uh, beach body. Where did Jay come from? Johnny Beachbody. Johnny, yeah, you I, called I, her that so one. I called her Johnny Beachbody. So one day we got into an <laughs> argument about, I think, the price of it, because it's all a pyramid scheme. She doesn't think it is. So I just started calling her Johnny Beachbody. So we call her JBB. Which actually, she's now retired. Oh. She's retired. She finally realized it. So you lost the poke. I think I won, actually. But... Me and the poke, the opportunity Yeah, yeah to poke. no, I know. Yeah. So the JBB is now, we got to think of something else. Oh. She'll get on something else. It was essential oils, now it's beach body. It'll go to something. The whole Have you heard of Enron? Yeah, it's like something. Now, I got to ask, and I know we just talked about this, and you said, you know, and w- which I admire that, you know, we're not a company just to fill a need. We want to make something special. But is there a need for a Connecticut broadleaf by you guys? come up. Uh, like, oh, in, the, in our portfolio, you yeah. mean? Uh, the face. Maybe, you, maybe yeah. you can call it like the like the neck or something. The, the, the Anjo. The Anjo. The Anjo. Are we brainstorming brand propositions? The Belmoral Broadleaf Libretto. That sounds good. And then I want it's a libretto. Fi- and that I want a silhouette. Good. Face, That's got a ring to it. The silhouette face from like the Disney pictures back in the day, and burned onto the box of his silhouette picture. Just silhouette. Would we go yeah. side profile? You gotta get the beard. Yeah, you'll, it's yeah, all about you, the you can't fit you gotta go, it's, Yeah, you gotta go side profile. Yeah. Which. Well, uh, libretto is actually. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's possible. What do you think? Out of 10, how many, how, how many people might recognize that silhouette on the box? Uh, all of them. Okay. At least three in there. <laughs> And one of them is and two of them is my my and two of them are sitting here. Cafeteria chef. And two of them are sitting here. <laughs> uh, li- li- libretto yeah. is actually my my last name is Italian for a libretto is actually an operatic book like a book of music and everything for the opera. It's called uh, a libretto or libretto. or a little book is what it means. Oh, so yeah, your book. So yeah. how do you pronounce your last name in Italian? Libretti. Well, li- li- I mean, I don't got to do the full Super Mario, but like Libretti is how it is. Libretti. Yeah, I get so many. You know how many times I got Liberty like as a kid. Yeah, well, it's it's really it's not, it's very much pronounced as it's spelled. That's okay. I went through a stage where I actually dropped the the Flores or the Floreth. I dropped it completely. Oh no, you need that. I oh. dropped it completely. Oh, I love for the a while. 
because it was just beyond butchered, beyond. So I'm like, you know what? That's not my last name. Psh, back, were back you, it went. Were you born in? But my wife still, trust me, that's the, <laughs> she's like, really? I had to take the last name? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's, not, there's not a customer service call where it's, what's the last name? Flores Estrada, right? The American accent, Flores right. Estrada. That's uh, you're not related to Eric, right? Estrada. No, no, Eric Flores Estrada. No, you're related to uh, Eric Flores. Estrada? No. <laughs> that would have been awesome. It's, it's Flores Estrada. Right. That's Eric, yeah, is that with an Flores S? No, it's with, it's with an F as in Frank. I mean, it becomes a whole thing. Yeah, so now I, I immediately go into the spelling. I don't even say the last name. <laughs> uh, relation to Eric, no. But I got that a lot, you know, when Chips was... Uh, <laughs> when was, Chips was hot for that five minutes in, in it history? Was, yeah, and I'll tell you, even though, you know, they were typically 40-some-year-old women in a small town of Youngwood, Pennsylvania, um, <laughs> it still felt good. I wasn't sure why it felt good, but it still awesome. felt good. I mean, you, you got to imagine who my demographic of fans are. Uh, they, they ain't tweens, but like you know, it still feels nice when you when an eighty year old man wants your autograph. Yeah, there was that one guy. You weren't. This is when I was working with Anthony. That the, the, at smoking in the Carolinas, he came up to me and Anthony. He's like, "Hey, I love your videos. Me and my son didn't talk for like fifteen years, and then we started smoking cigars. We watched your videos together, and now he's here with me. I brought him to the show, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, superhero. I'm, I'm healing fam. I'm healing That's hearts it. over That's here." It. Dr. Phil. <laughs> take, take what you can get. <laughs> That's really all I can get. Um, I say um way too much. I gotta work on that. Yeah, you said that last time. So to answer your question, who knows? I think it'd who be knows nice. on the tobacco. I mean, at the end of the day, it becomes a process where you know, and they, they're Boris and um, and Francisco are at work all the time. We're smoking oh, prototypes imagine. all the time. So it just depends on which blend of tobacco come together to create something unique and you know, what we deem worthy of release. So in our in our final few minutes here, can you give us, um, and, you, and you touched on it here a little bit, and you've touched on it um, in previous interviews we've done, but a little more of the history of the Winterman family, because like you said four generations. Where were they, where they, were they from the Netherlands? Yep, you got it. So yeah. so Netherlands, uh, Diesel, Netherlands. Um, company started, as his great, great, I think it's two greats, two or three great, two greats, grandfather back in 1904. So the company's 115 years old. Oh, wow. So they've been around a little while. Uh, they know tobacco, and believe it or not, the Netherlands uh, back then was really the epicenter of premium cigars in Europe. Mm. So even though they were small format, they were all handmade. I mean, the approach to the blends, no different than what we're talking about here for these handmade cigars. If I had just, a guess, was that because of, um, like the, the they have a lot, I know Netherlands has like a big port cities, and they were, so they were able to get access to Cuban tobacco? Was that a reason you know, for it? To be honest, I don't know. Mm. I don't know, but for whatever reason, I mean, the, the cigar smoking culture was certainly yeah. certainly uh, big. Uh, that may have some cause for it as well. It's a good question on the port, though. I think there's always some background yeah. to that, right, when you think about European cities and, and yeah, I think uh, certain I, I know industries Ant taking Antwerp off. is like the the Miami yeah. in terms of like, like cargo for, for yeah. Europe for hundreds and hundreds of years. So Exactly, but... Um, you know, but Jacques Winterman, who started that in 1904, I mean, literally, he went in with, I think it was the equivalent of a couple hundred dollars, basically, as savings, mm. and said, this is, this is what I'm going to get into. So the passion started early. It was wow. all about cigars. It was all about premium cigars. And back then, the, the preferred format was a small cigar format. It just right. was what it was in Europe at the time. Um, and actually, all the handmade, all the cigarillos in the Yagio family or portfolio of cigars were handmade up until, I believe, it was the 70s. Oh, wow. Which the advent of machines was pre that. Yeah. But in terms of having the right machines to deliver the it's same sort of quality, quality right. in a way that was consistent, and that's what the Winterman's family saw, is, hey, there's an opportunity here to create a much more consistent cigar for cigar smokers that will increase the overall quality 
of the experience of, of their premium cigarillos. And that tradition goes on today. It just so happens that they're using machines. As a matter of fact, Royal Agio has a different division uh, under the portfolio, Highlands portfolio, of which Royal Agio Cigars is part of it. That's a conversation for another day. But they sell most of the premium cigarillo machines that are used by manufacturers around the world today. Oh, really? So they know machines. They know premium tobacco. They know premium cigars, whether it's a small format and you know now even a larger format cigar. So it's a pretty special, unique situation. It is, and, and it's, it seems like it's like kind of the perfect storm where you guys, I mean, because the, the original Balmoral came out in 2013, 2012? 14, I want to say. With the Añejo 18. Yeah, mm -hmm. and in that short amount of time, I mean, look what you guys have developed. You developed a passionate following. You've gotten me on board, which is tough because I'm very picky. I'm not going to be an a-hole. Um, uh, you're, you're a litmus tester for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I've been a fan of all your blends, even like Greg said. Um, Thank I, you. Greg is a little more recently been able to appreciate Connecticut. I'm still very iffy about it, just, just for it's a profile-based thing, but I do love the Balmoral Connecticut. It's right up there with, I think, the new Who uh, in Nicaragua, Connecticut, as, yep. and the uh, Luminosa is among my favorite Connecticut cigars. Um, I got I got <laughs> It's good company. Yeah. But... <laughs> It's just amazing what you guys have been able to do in a short amount of time, but when you already have the background, you already have the connections, and most importantly, you already have the passion. It's not just like, oh, I discovered cigars yesterday, I'm gonna go make a company. So to enter a very tough, already mostly filled industry with a lot of tough competition, you guys have done it very successfully, and you have the aspect that I look for most in a cigar company, and it's not, oh, they're nice guys, or oh, their prices are good, which is still all true, is you care about the cigar. You don't give a rat's butt, you do, but the focus is not, oh, we're gonna put it in this awesome box. Like, oh no, we need double, triple bands, we need this cool thing behind it. You focus on the cigar. If these cigars came with no band on them, I would smoke them just as regularly, and I would advertise them on our social media just as much. You care about the cigar, which is what every manufacturer should be caring about. So. I applaud you, and I applaud Boris for the work he's doing, and I would love to have him and you. We can do a, we'll try to do a four, if you sure. can get him out here. I'll work love, on it. We would love to do it. Is he a, he's a beer drinker, is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's, into, he's into anything that's, anything that's tasty and complex. We'll get, we'll, we'll make a special episode. We'll do like an after hours episode. <laughs> oh, that'd be, be fun. Make it live so people can ask oh, questions. No, I don't do good drunk live. You know that. Yeah, <laughs> after lighting your, uh the cigar up with the cedar okay well that's a that's a people do that i just didn't do uh, it yeah, well. well you were well, like let the cedar on fire to light your cigar oh yeah yeah i did it but the cedar just lit went the, way too quickly and i almost like tossed it, it. Like, legit through it by the way not enough people know that that's a lot of reasons why for example all the anyaho soapboxes i know we have lined cedar yeah. sheets in those so you're supposed to do it so light the box and then light no, your cigar like the cedar that, no, yeah. well, we'll open that nicaragua real quick there should be one right out of the uh the first layer there Can you quickly give you a little like flavor profile on the uh, Nicaragua? Yeah, certainly. So, yeah, so you're, you're going to get notes of uh, notes of espresso, dark chocolate. Um, I mean, get, you talk. There's some nuttiness in this cigar as well, and then of course you have a little bit of that sweetness underlying as well. I mean, it's uh, when you think about the Balmoral Yeho XO range. What's interesting, I mentioned earlier that Paso Doble is probably the fuller flavor of the entire mm -hmm. Balmoral range, whether you're talking about Añejo XO or the, um, or the City of Signaturas. The Nicaragua XO is going to be more that medium plus, 
space. Right. Right. So similar uh, to the Oscuro, but very different flavor profile. And right. I know I know you're a fan of the Añejo Oscuro as well, I which really is that am. Mexican San Andres wrapper. That looks like, and I don't, I can't tell if it's because of the wrapper or if it's maybe the band. It looks like it goes great with a steak and red wine. Sure does. Is it just me? Right. Is it just the maroon band no, that's yeah. making me an idiot? Part or? of it. It's part of well, it. Well, there's, there's an association there. It seems like it's inspirational. Yeah. In that sense, but see, you've got the cedar sheet in here. Yeah, we'll actually do a lot of this at the office. Just rip a sheet, light that up, and light the cigar. I mean, there's no, there's, be, there's no more pure way probably to, right. to light the cigar, right? It used to be a, a big, th I, mean, I don't know, I haven't worked in the store in a couple of years, but people would come in just for like cedar. Like, do you have any like loose cedar from boxes? And they would, to either line their humidor. I mean, I remember before I started really using Bovida, uh, my, I tried every other trick in the book in my humidor. It was just like cedar tucked everywhere. Yeah. It was glass, shot glasses with water in it. Now I just Bovida pack and I'm set. But yeah, I remember people used to come in just for like, it, we would have cedar and like, you know, the shopping baskets that we have, we would yeah. have shopping baskets. Every time we would open a box or single, we would take all the cedar out and store it. And people would come because they, they would layer it into their humidor. They would put cigars in the bottom and then like a layer of cedar and then more cigars because it, it does add a, a nice flavor and it's very absorbable wood. So it's perfect to keep the humidity in there. But I just think now with Boveda packs, yeah. I mean, I've, ne I've never kept cigars better, to be honest, yeah. than with a Boveda pack. But as my wife would say, wait, there's more. Oh, because you can also use those cedar sheets in your closet, apparently, to create a nice little bit of a cedar aroma. Wow! But I, you didn't I know do that. need a nice aroma in my closet. Yeah. I'm just saying, just in case, you know, if you find <laughs> yourself not using bed. the cedar. I mean, I can I can just use an aroma everywhere. <laughs> Jamie, I want to thank you so much for stopping in today. It's been my an pleasure. absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, very excited about the future projects coming out. Very excited for the Pasa Doble to come out. Greg, give me final thoughts on the cigar, please. Final thoughts for being a Dominican cigar. It's this probably one, one of the best I've ever had so far. So that's well, saying that's much saying for a lot. me. That's saying much? Saying much for me. <laughs> uh, no, I like, I, I like it a lot. I just the, the spice, and then you kind of get that little cocoa taste to it that mm. kind of accentuates it just over the top to other Dominican cigars that I've smoked. So that's why I like it a little bit more. What do you uh, What do you give it on the rating there? Our, our ratings, I will say, are are honest. They're brutally honest, even when I wouldn't expect here. any less. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to go like 86, 87. That is for that's Dominican, the highest for Dominican me. by like yeah. by like seven or eight points. Yeah. Well, you got, you've got to understand the context of that, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going because I I'm a little more of a fan of a Dominican than you, and I really really appreciate that nutty center. I'm going 90.8. Wow. 90.8. Wow. Which is also really high considering it's not a broadleaf wrapper. That's very <laughs> high. Yeah, but not 90.8. This is very well balanced. It is, it is an exquisite cigar. Um, even though, I, like I said, you guys focus more on the cigar, the packaging is also really nice. I do love the box. Nice, very nice sheen to it. I like how it has the information on the side. I always really like that. I love uh, the when, box is awesome. I love when there's information like inside the box yep. when you have, like there's little notes or a little story yep, behind yeah. it. I really appreciate that. Yep. And not even that you're trying to get new cigar smokers, but definitely new cigar smokers appreciate that too. So they know the size and everything on it. They know what's, what's going on. Fantastic cigar. Very happy to get this in. And guys, you will be seeing a review of the Pasa Doble in the coming weeks. And maybe by even next week, you'll be getting uh, my review of the Balmoral Exo Nicaragua, which that size looks 
awesome. I got it for you. Right. <laughs> he likes this size. I let that. That's a great looking Corona. Yeah. That's fantastic. No, I'm, I'm super I'm really stoked. Excited. I'm super stoked to try this. So, well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your oh, time. As always, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Of course. Hopefully, chatting uh, with you about any, anytime you're cigars in town, and man, we, else. We, we need guests, and, and you're a great one. So anytime you're in yeah. town, you let us know. Definitely. Anytime. Anytime. Thanks, Guys, Jeremy. thank you very much for listening. Please make sure to go to our website, jrcigars.com. This weekend, you can use coupon code LONGASH, all one word, for 20% off your entire purchase. Some exclusions may apply, but there's not that many. There's a couple of exclusions. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's you like gonna when do? you have trail mix. Like, yeah, there's a couple of nuts, but there's also M&Ms. Yeah. You know? Sure. Sometimes you run out of the M&Ms and all you got is nuts. Oh, oh, well, that was a qu- oh, really quick. Oh, we really. I'm doing it. We're because going. Of, we're I'm doing it. it. We're doing it. Because at the end, we're it, doing it. At the end, it won. You won. I, no, I'm going to tell you what I'm talking. You don't even know what I'm talking. I, about. I have no clue. I thought I had an idea. My Instagram poll I put up today. Uh, I didn't know this one. Yeah. I didn't see. So it. I put up an Instagram poll today. Best kind of M&Ms: peanut butter versus peanut. And let's see. We're about a couple hours in. Let's see. What are you going for? Peanut butter versus peanut. M&Ms. Yep. Yeah. Tough, because peanut M and M's are yeah, everywhere. I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I'm, I'm gonna stick with a peanut. You want to hold her at right now? You want 90, what right now? You know where we're at right now? Oh, 91 to 91. It's a dead tie for oh, wow. peanut, peanut butter. Wow. Um, I also put up another poll of pipes versus cigars. 90 percent went for cigars. So I guess the Not pipes. Big surprise are, there. Yeah, yeah. I, used to, I used to smoke some pipes. I like. I used to like pipes. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget our coupon code. And please, as soon as they're available, we will post on Instagram and YouTube. Check out the brand new Balmoral Paso Doble and the brand new Balmoral XO Nicaragua. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Secret Chris, for another secret good job.